Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Sheets with Chad and Jeanette. Chad, how are you this week? Fantastic. I'm having a wonderful week. Wonderful week. How about you? Good. It's going good here. Um, Busy, super busy. Uh, We're, gosh, May is busy for us. Yeah, I'm I right. Mean, yeah, it's 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 uh it's a jam packed month. That's for yeah. sure. But we're going to jump into um, I know usually we do a little bit of like an introduction and stuff like that, but we're going to jump right into today's uh, episode because it is packed full of drum roll, please. Uh. Content creation. Um, a lot of you guys have been asking questions on this, what to post, how to post it. I you know when. Um, we're going to jump right into it because we have a lot to cover in a little bit of time. So Chad, what do you want to talk about first? Cause you're the expert in this. Uh, I broke this down super simply. We're going to go over five major bullet points and they're in a nice cohesive way. First thing I want to talk about is what to post. Okay. Um, Massage therapy is a interesting uh, vertical when it comes to posting content because we have to make sure we don't cross any lines, but we also have to make sure that we develop trust, right? We have people who are coming to us and, um, you know, they're, they're undressing and they're putting a lot of trust into what it is that we do. And that trust has to be earned long before that first contact when they show up to your office, right? Right, right, right. Absolutely. Um, so a lot of that can be demonstrated in the posts that we put on social media. Um, so what we want to post are things that are entertaining and things that are educational. We want to stick to those two uh, pieces. We want to make sure that, you know, there's some funny, enjoyable stuff because that will keep them coming back and has a nice little uh, bit of resonating, right? And then educating. There are people who are out there who genuinely, genuinely just want to know more. They just want to know more about what's going on. And when you start to put that education piece out there, I might not be ready for massage right now, right? But maybe a month from now I am. And if you're educating me on things, you are going to be my go-to person, right? Because you've developed that trust, you've developed that rapport. And when the time is right for me to pull the trigger on uh, committing to the service, you're going to be front of mind. You're going to be that obvious choice for me. Okay. So we're talking about entertaining and educational. Now, entertaining is usually nothing that we have to struggle to find because there are tons of massage memes and tons of pictures. Um, The most recent one that actually really cracks me up um, and it's been, it's uh, appearance has been diminishing over the last couple months is the COVID massage video. I don't know if you've seen that, Chad, where somebody, um, a massage- Like in a hazmat suit? Yeah. And they have like broomsticks with, um, they have broomsticks with, uh, inflated gloves on them. Yeah. I have seen that one. Yeah. Hilarious. But that's usually not the hard content for us to find. What is the hard content to find is the educational pieces, because now I don't know, this is where I'm going to get your opinion on this. Um, you can simply find a meme that says massage can help to boost your circulation. Now, Does it do that? Yeah, it does definitely assist to do that. But in my mind, what, if I were a client, what I would like to see is why, 
You know, you're going to have your clients, your buyer personas, so to speak, that are okay with, okay, she posted that up. It must be relevant and true. But then you're also going to have your people that are going to tell you or ask rather, okay, why? Like, what's the science behind it? So would you suggest if you're going to throw something up, because I know you've always talked about, you want to have some sort of picture or um, graphic to break up the news feed so that their eyes stop there. Um, and I'm sure you're going to get into that, but what would be the actual, for an educational post, what would you include with it? Yeah. So the, the best thing to do, um, we know on Facebook that you only get a maximum of three lines of text in that caption area. Right. So right. you want to, you want to make sure that you're, you know, putting something that's of value there, but you want to have that graphic and that graphic is going to be something that, um, you know, resonates on an emotional level, right? When we talk about, when we see all these posts about COVID, what's the same thing that we have? We have this cell with these, you know, prickly spines coming off of it, right? But it's recognizable. It's right. been branded that way. So when we see that, we already know what it is. Um, so we want to have that image. We want to have the call out, which could be a stat. It could be a fact. But in my opinion, the most important thing when it comes to educating somebody is don't stop there. Cite some resource. Now, if it's your own resource, if you're writing your own blogs, if you are um, a researcher by default, right, you you love research, throw it up on your blog and link it, link that post to your blog. But if you're not the type of person who's going to be writing that content, that's okay. You can very much, you know, link it over to something that's on the ABMP website or the CDC website or, you know, AMTA or wherever that resource is, where it's going to elaborate and go deeper. You're the one that introduced that piece of education. And that's the important part. Sure. They may leave to go read it elsewhere, but you're that brand that introduced them to it. And, you know, in their mind, that's, what's going to stick, especially if you're doing at a consistent cadence. Okay, cool. So, and that, I mean, that pretty much answers, answers the question is that you definitely want to include other outside, um, or your own linked resources for further education instead of a long paragraph clicking, see more. And it's now a novel that they have to read. Unless you um, already have that reputation of educating within that social platform, right. right? There are some people that is their platform where they put their content out, right? Like um, Savannah Bell, she puts out content and she has a huge following of people that rely on her education and right. engagement with the stuff she posts. So when she puts it all in one area, she already knows that she, people are going to be reading that because that's how she has established her brand. Right. Right. Now we talked about education, we talked about entertainment, but there is that one element because this is a business, we do still have to sell, right? We still have to put those promotional items out there. We do have to let them know this is what we do and you can get started now as well. We want to follow the 80-20 rule, which means 80% of your posts are going to be those engagement and entertainment posts and 20% are going to be those sales driven posts. So if you post five times in a week, you get to post one sales-driven post. The rest needs to be that education and, and entertainment uh, style. Okay, so that kind of gives us gets us into our next category. How frequently do you post? And I know this depends on where you are at in your business. So let's break it down. Say you're in the first one to three or one to five years. I don't know how you break that down. And you're just building. How often would you be posting? Okay, so you want to um, establish your cadence 
uh, at the very beginning. Sure, you may not have a huge following at the very beginning, um, but if you have people who start off following you early, they're going to be looking forward to what it is that you're putting out. And if you say, I'm going to post every single day, six months from now, you decide you're only going to post twice a week. Uh, those initial legacy people, they're going to be disappointed, right? So when you're starting off, have that cadence that you plan to cater to for at least the next three years. Now, when it comes to the algorithms, there is a certain thing that you have to do, right? For businesses, um, they do not get anywhere near as much exposure as a profile, an individual person. So as a business, let's say you have a thousand followers, the maximum number of followers that are going to see that post any given time is going to be 10% or 100. So it feels like the effort you're putting out there is not really getting to your people, but that's just how, you know, the, the algorithms are is they really want people to people interactions. So businesses kind of get punished. So when you mean, so like, hold on, when you mean businesses, you mean when you're setting up like a business Facebook page? A page, right. So the difference is profile or page. Profile, profile is that person. individuals, yep. Okay. And then a page is going to be that business entity, nonprofit, whatever it is. Okay. Does it help if you personally share your, I mean, I know this is probably recommended, but does it help if you personally share your business's post? It does. Um, one thing you want to kind of have a little caution on is if you um, if you post if you share too much on your personal from your business, you may numb your following may become numb to what it is that you're posting. So okay. they may like they might engage with it a little bit. Uh, but eventually there unless you're putting up constantly putting up fresh content that you're resharing, it's, it's tough. People are going to start to, you know, look at it and it's like, oh, they're posting about their business and just go on. They're not posting something that I really want to engage with. So yes, you should do that, but not every single post. Okay. How do you feel about, cause I get a lot of this and it's starting to get super frustrating, but I understand why it's happening. When somebody creates a business page, they basically send a Facebook blast to that comes via message, I think, or notification that says, you know, so-and-so asked, uh, invited you to like their page. Right. Um, I myself uh, consider that kind of in the same realm of cold calling. <laughs> um I mean, I always check out the page because typically when it's happening, it's a small business and I do like to support small businesses. But when you create your business page, you're not going to have any followers. So, you know, aside from newsletters and, um, you know, your newsletters and just kind of word of mouth, how do you attract more people to follow the business page? At the end of the day, you want people to follow the page because the information that you put there is relevant to them. So really, you need to be sourcing the people that walk in your door and get on your table. You need okay. it, Whether you need to incentivize it and say, hey, listen, you can you know get the a sugar scrub home kit for 20% off if you follow our page, whatever it is, maybe you follow our page, your next session, I'm going to give you a bonus 15 minutes, but you want to get that information in front of the people that are um, going to have a connection with the content you're putting, uh, putting out there. Otherwise, what you're going to have is, you know, a bunch of friends that are following your page, but do they, are they really relevant? Is it really relevant? To right. Them? 
Right. Right. Okay. I'd rather I'd rather have a page that has 100 followers, but you know, 80 percent of them are engaging and interacting than a page that has 2,000 followers, but only five percent is engaging and interacting. You know. Right. So, I mean, just to reiterate, you want to establish, you know, when we're talking about when to post, um, I know, and thank you for covering that. I know that was a little bit off topic, but um, I definitely think the clarification around the different types of pages, personal, individual, and how to get people there helps. But as far as when you post guys, your cadence is something that you need to establish and stick with. Uh, So uh, you know, Chad said, if you're posting five days a week and then later on down the line, you ended up posting only two or three, some of your, what he referred to as legacy people, people, clients that have been with you for a while are, it might just disinterest them because you're not posting as frequently. Um, but you need to establish a cadence of when you're going to post because that helps with actually creating the content. Yeah. And you know, a, a post, um, I'm going to say this in a way that, and then I'm going to clarify it. A post typically expires within 36 hours. And when I say expire, it doesn't mean that it's no longer being visible. Expire meaning it's no longer being delivered, right? So uh, you post something on Monday at noon. uh, That means what, Wednesday at midnight, that it's no longer getting put out there. So every 36 hours, you want to make sure something new and fresh is going out. Uh, That way you're not losing that traction and you're staying front of mind for the people who have been following you for a little bit, right? Or it got shared to somebody else and you're the right choice for them. If you wait, you know, four days for that, they may have found somebody else during that period. Right. Okay. So in addition to this cadence, you know, yes, you're establishing when you're going to be putting posts up, but part of that cadence is also designing the posts. Now we're not getting very, very heavy into this because, um, this is basically just a tool for you to use specifically for Facebook and Instagram. Um, it's Facebook's business suite. Um, and it helps you plan out your posts so that if you have that chunk of time, during the week where you have three hours and you just want to, you have all your posts done, the content, you can schedule them to post out. Um, But ultimately, and I think Chad has probably mentioned this in other podcasts, organic posts are the best. Um, They get, they get the highest, I don't want to say ratings, but um, you, you have some sort of term to define that. But for those of us who like to plan things out, who don't have, you know, that half hour to sit down in front of a computer or whatever daily to post, um, your cadence includes when you're actually creating the content, not, Oh, Hey, today's my day to post. What am I going to post? Yeah. I like the idea of, you know, blocking off a chunk of time one day a week and creating the content for the entire week. We talked about 36 hours. So that's going to be between three and five posts a week, right? So three to five posts, um, for Facebook, Instagram, do it at your will. (laughs) Instagram doesn't really have that fall off like Facebook does. Um, and they're two totally different platforms, but, um, so plan your three to five posts, sit down on Monday morning before the office opens, uh, create your content, schedule it out. And you talked about, you know, like the, the, the favoring. So Facebook does favor when you post from their platform first, a third party that is delivering to it, right? So if it's um, scheduled with buffer, it's not going to have as much oomph behind it. Facebook just, it was going to prefer that you post through their suite of tools. Right. 
right? Which I think we've covered that before because I used to use Buffer until you told me that. And then I said, well, then what's the, you know, it stinks. Buffer is a great app. I, lo I loved Buffer when I used it, but I use uh, the Facebook business suite now and it keeps everything, it keeps everything in one uh, place. I, I mean, I love it. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's a great tool. And you're right, Buffer is a great tool. And, you know, I'm not saying that it's wrong. It's just if you're starting off and you have 200, 300 followers, you want to get your message out in front of as many of those as possible. You know, if you, if you hit that 3000 mark, okay, maybe a little fall off is worth it to have that added convenience. Right. But I'm just, I'm super glad you said it because Buffer is, I mean, Buffer is advertised everywhere. But if you don't know that that algorithm and that favoring exists, then you're going to be spending all this time doing all this content on Buffer and you're going to, you know, kind of be wondering why it's not reaching the places on Facebook. Right. So all great things that we, um, that we need to know. Um, I think, would you want to take a break now before we come back and talk about the last three bullet points? Yeah, let's do that. Let's take a quick break. All right. Catch you in a minute, guys. Welcome back. Okay. So today is our jam packed episode on content creation. And before we took a break, we talked about what to post uh, topics, which is actually kind of real free form. Um, we don't, there is no right or wrong kind of topic to post about as all of your LMT um, or massage therapy businesses will be different. Some of you have nursing background. Some of you have PT background. Yeah. Um, so your top post topics are going to differentiate. So, you know, there's tons of options out there. Um, and then we kind of went into when to post frequency, your cadence, um, and kind of like an algorithms thing. Um, and now we're going to get into some more of the nitty gritties. Um, Chad, I think you have how to post up next. So can you okay. talk us through what that means a little bit? Yeah. So how to post, um, what I'm, what I really want to get into with this is what does your post look like? What should it consist of? And the purpose of posting something, think about this. We, we scroll on our phones uh, for miles every day with our thumbs, right? If you were to take the screen and stretch it out, um, the average person is over a mile on how much they scroll throughout the day on social media. So what we have to do when we're scrolling that much stuff, when people are looking through that much content is we have to interrupt them. We have to stop them where they are and make what we're saying relevant to them. Right. Now, the way we do that, <clears throat> the best way to do that is to make sure that your image, your image that's, uh, you know, part of your post has um, something different than everything else, right? You can take a picture of, you know, some plants. What's going to make that stand out? Two things could make that stand out. One, you increase that contrast and make that picture a little bit more poppy. And maybe you throw a border around it that is a contrasting color so that it kind of catches your eye as you're scrolling through those 
miles worth of things every day. Which, by the way, guys, is super easy to do on Canva. Just super to easy say. to do. Yes. So don't think that you have to be some sort of pro with any sort of photo editing app or program. Good call on Canva. Yeah, Canva. I mean, it's a free download. You and here's the thing with Canva: um, the amount of time it would take to do what I'm saying is probably 30 seconds, maybe 60 at the most. You know, because they have a bunch of templates already, and you just add the picture you already have. So, Canva's super good. Have that image be an interrupt for them, right? So they're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. They see your stuff and they pause for that half a second. That's all you need. Get them to pause for that half a second and have that first piece of wording that caption um, have two elements to it. One, it needs to be straight to the point, your best stuff forward, right? You don't want to bury that great statistic lower down. That's the first thing you want to put forward. And the other thing you want to do is make sure that it has an emotional tie to it. We've talked in the past about buyer personas. We've talked a lot about buyer personas, actually. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> when you're posting, you need to be posting that is catering to your ideal client. Who is that perfect client that you're looking for? And with buyer personas, you have a name assigned to it, right? So maybe Gina is the person I'm posting for today. Well, Gina, I know, has these elements to them, right? This age, this gender, this location, this occupation, this many kids, this household income. Now you're going to formulate that post based off of those things so that what you post resonates with the genas of the world. And so now you've interrupted them. You've put content out there that's relevant to them. And hopefully you've put a link in there, some sort of call to action that's either going to get them to go to your website to book now or to that blog article that goes deeper into that education piece you have, whatever it is, right? You want them to do more than just look at it. Even if right. your call to action is just share it, right? Even if all they're doing is hitting that share button, um, that's super powerful, but you want them to do something, not just look at it and forget about it. Right. And that is, and I, um, if you heard some clicking in the background, I was looking because we actually have um, the downloadable PDF of what Facebook posts should look like in our foundation retention growth program, I yeah. think. And I couldn't, I just was not clicking in the right spot, but we do have examples of, Hey, this is how this should look. Um, and it's super easy. It literally is. You want that first, uh, that picture serves as that two second stop. And then your beginning line. Remember guys, Chad said that we can only see the first three lines. So you want that first line to be attention grabbing. And sometimes it's attention grabbing because it's a question, or sometimes it's attention grabbing because it's a fact or a statistic or, uh, Hey, did you know? Um, so when you're creating your post, it's not just a picture. And then I'm just going to type whatever I want to and send it off because yes, the picture is going to get their attention. But if the uh, verbiage above that, it does not cause them to click see more. Uh, I mean, you're getting them to stop, maybe hit a thumbs up, but it's not really going to engage them the way that we're looking for them yeah. to engage with. That see more uh, button, actually, Facebook does measure that. And they measure that um, to let themselves know whether your post is a quality post or not. So okay. it is good to have more than three lines worth of content to force that Seymour to be there. You just want to make sure your best stuff is visible within right. those first three lines. Right, right, right. But if you're uh, one of our students that is enrolled in our foundation retention growth program, make sure you get that downloadable PDF 
uh, for your examples. Um, and I mean, everything you said was phenomenal and super easy to understand. You have that picture, you put oh, that good. border around it, um, and you make sure that the first three lines is something that makes them go, oh yeah, hey, no, I want to know more about this. It has that connection, that emotion. Once you have that emotion piece in there, man, you, you can really go far with social. It's very powerful. Right. And yeah, I, there's, I mean, I could rant on and on and on about what else you can post in there, but. Okay. So that was, that was Facebook and I, I don't want to cut you off, but I, I can't forget to touch on Instagram. So Facebook is going to be that education, entertaining and the occasional sales piece, right? Right. Instagram is about reputation management. So that is where you're going to tell stories with visuals. So you're going to have imagery that tells a story. What does that mean? That means the picture that you take for an Instagram post could be a really cool angle of your table with something on the background. Maybe you have a big giant chalkboard that says welcome, right? But it's about telling that story with visuals. What makes it, it's gotta be different than just your standard uh, pictures. So when, as you're creating and editing these pictures for Instagram, you're gonna spend some more time. You're gonna add filters. You're gonna make sure there's lighting. So you are gonna spend more time on Instagram, but like I mentioned before, you're not gonna have that 36 hour expiration, right? So you can post something today and it can still have traction two days, 12 days. I still get engagements on stuff uh, from a year ago. So- right there's not, it doesn't really expire like it does um, with Facebook. So you can put more time into it and still have a similar impact. Well, and I think Instagram is a little bit more now. I, I mean, I grew up on Facebook, so Facebook to me is like super easy to use and navigate through, but the times that I'm in Instagram, it is super easy to just navigate over to somebody's profile and then go through all of their pictures because the way Instagram does stuff is pictures, it's visual. So you get all of these pictures instead of when you're on Facebook and you transfer over to somebody's profile, you're literally scrolling through that mile long of posts. Cause let's face it, not everybody searched through posts. They just want to see what you post. And sometimes people get bored. I think Instagram is way easier to filter through because you see those story grabbing pictures and you're like, oh my gosh, hot stones. I love hot stones. What does she do with hot stones? Let me click on that. So yeah, no wonder you're getting post engagements from a year ago. Now, what I also see on Instagram, which, you know, this is, again, this is another, what would Chad do? We should add that. That's literally what I think. What would Chad do? There are therapists that not only post stuff from their business, such as the interesting the interesting uh, angles of their table and their tools or whatever, but they also post stuff that they do, such as a little short clip of them meditating or, you know, a clip of, you know, them saying, you know, I'm going out for my self-care today. What are you doing? Um, what do you, how, what are your thoughts on that? Because that's kind of mixing the business with the business owner, like the personal together. I don't, yeah, you know, it's good to humanize a brand. I can tell you that right now. So humanizing a brand that builds that trust and builds that emotional tie. Okay. Um, there is actually a place for that. And that would be with Instagram stories or Facebook stories. That's where you're those video clips where you as a personality are sharing your experience. That's what stories are for. Um, when you create a video for Instagram, they, they, gain a lot of traction. Video on Instagram gets way more exposure than photos. Is there a time limit for the videos on Instagram? 
for stories yes for okay. stories there is for if you post it uh, as just an ad uh no it's it lives there forever now okay. with with stories you can also um you know add it as a um oh the word i'm losing the word highlights as a highlight where it stays there forever right and you you organize them so some people individually will have like a food blog they take a picture of all their food and then one of their highlights is labeled food and everything's in there right that's a really good place to have those items. But if it's something like, here's what I'm doing today for my meditation, that can expire. You don't need that to live forever. Okay, what about the clip length? Because I know like Facebook, like you can pop up a 30 minute video and it will, I mean, it'll take a long time to upload, but there's no limitation on what the time allotment for Facebook allows. Um, but does Instagram have the same, does Instagram have the same clip length as TikTok? I know yeah, we talked yeah. about TikTok in a previous one, like, okay, but is there a time limit for the clip length? Okay. When we're talking about stories, not necessarily what it does is it cuts them into different chunks. So you could okay. have, you could have a four minute video uploaded as a story and then it would cut it into chunks. Um, I think it's 10 seconds, maybe 15 seconds. But what you want to do is whatever clips you're putting up there, you want them to be 15 seconds or less. Cause the whole point is to get to the point. Okay. Right. People don't want to sit there and listen to a five minute video through the story. They just right. want to glimpse into the personality of what's there. Right. Which is why dutifully it is called Instagram. Now, if you do have a longer video, maybe you have a two minute, you know, promotional video you put up, put that as an organic post, just a regular post. And when you do that, once it's over a certain time length, it'll convert over to become what's called Instagram TV. And we are not going into that, but IGTV, that's where longer videos live. And that's okay. when you're watching a video and it pops up and it says, do you want to continue watching? And you tap it oh, and then it goes full okay. screen. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, that shoot, dang, I just learned a lot um, <laughs> myself. Uh, you know, so we, th that is a lot of content to cover. We like, still have another bullet point. Yeah, I know we do, but that is like, <laughs> that is just, it's, I mean, I'm, if I'm mind blown and I'm already posting there, I can only imagine what people, what students and people that are newly graduating are thinking, but I'm glad that we're having this conversation because, and again, this is one of the many reasons why I love you. You put it in a way that makes it super easy to understand um, instead of sifting through articles, that's like, okay, when you're creating your Instagram post and by the time anybody's done reading the article of the how to, it's like, Oh God, I don't even want to do that anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. And when you're reading it on your own. Okay. So sometimes, um, you know, you're not the first person to tell me this, that I, uh, I, I say things in a way that are easy to, to digest. So I, I appreciate that. Um, but when you're reading these things on your own, if you don't understand the verbiage, then you're, it's very possible you're just going to give up on it, right? Certain writers have specific writing styles. And if that doesn't resonate with you, you may just give up on it. And, you know, it's totally fair. Right. Um, so I try to deliver the message in a way that's uh, digestible. So I appreciate that. You do. Um, you do. So we've covered, you know, before break, we covered what to post, when to post. We just went over how to post and where. Now, the why is going to be just get into the why. Just get into it, huh? Just get into it because I'm not even going to try to explain it because I, it's, it, it, I'm just going to sit here and learn. So it doesn't matter what you do in business, whether it's social media, whether it's running a promotion, whether it's adding online booking, everything has to have a, a purpose. 
And that can easily be translated into why am I doing this? Okay. Um, if you have an intention and a purpose behind what you do at the end of the day, at night, you can go to bed and say, I definitely did this. And there is a purpose for it. There's a reason why I spent an, uh, whatever amount of time doing what it is. Right. And at the end, it's going to be to make money, but there's, you know, different pieces to it. But the most important thing to remember on why to even bother with social media is that that's where your prospective clients are. Whether they are finding you because they did a Google search and you showed up on their Google search or whether you were a referral from a friend, at the end of the day, they still live on social media. And social media for business is all about that brand reputation. Um, if I were to look for a business and I, you know, hopped on to see if they even had a Facebook page, or I go to their website and I scroll to the bottom and I look for their social links, right? If their website or if their social media uh, posts are from 2019, my personally, my assumption is they don't care about their people. They don't care about their reputation management. They don't care about their branding. It's not that they're doing anything wrong per se, but I have this mindset and a lot of people share this, uh, this mindset of if you're not on social media, um, how much do you really care about the, the people that are coming through your door? So it's all about that reputation management piece. Right. And that's, and I think that's probably where a lot of the struggle still lies because, you know, we're still kind of breaking out of this word of mouth kind of thing, which is why MCA established what MCA has established because for years and years and years and years, we built our business solely on word of mouth, maybe a couple advertisements or like, you know, a table, a, you know, a business card on a table or something like that. But now we're in a generation that is super social media heavy. And it's the same um, kind of, it's kind of the same concept. Like if I, I feel the way you just described about social media, I feel about websites. If a business does not have a website, I usually won't even try to call them unless somebody specifically referred them. Um, but if they don't have a website, it, they might as well exist. And that's kind of what we're diving into right now. If you don't have at least an Instagram or a Facebook profile, you are either not a legit business. Like it's, and that's not, that's not a, a fact. That's an opinion, um, that like you said, a lot of people share. So the why to post, if you're going to be starting out in this, uh, time period, Social media is going to be a huge influence to building your business. It's funny. I'm, um, I'm worse than you. I, they can have a website, but if their website sucks, I'm not doing business with them. <laughs> Seriously. If I can tell that this hasn't been updated in the last two years, I'm not doing business with you because guess what? I can hop on Google and find 20 more of you. And these other businesses care about their stuff, right? I know, but you're, I, I'm laughing because you do that because you're a website designer. Oh no. Yeah. I'm definitely worse. <laughs> I'll look at, I'll be like, oh, that picture's pixelated. I'm not doing business with you. <laughs> I'm not that bad. That's, that's kind of a joke, but I, it, it's true. I, I analyze, you know, I come across a lot of massage therapy websites that are not mobile friendly and guess what? Sure. I could help them, but Unfortunately, my opinion is if they don't care to notice these things, are they going to take the coaching that I have for them serious, right? right. Are they, are they really going to take 
is it just a waste of money and time for them? Are they really going to take it serious what I have to say to them? I mean, I really hope that's the case. Hopefully it was something they just neglected for a little bit and they are looking to fix it. But yeah, there's a lot of websites out there for massage therapists that need a lot of help. And I can tell you, it is a game changer when your online reputation matches the experience when people come to your business. Well, yeah, and even, I mean, let's, we'll take my business, for example, okay? I've been seeing the same people, and I'm sure we brought this up in other podcasts, where I, the first year I was in business, I ran a Groupon and probably worked on, oh God, I don't even know how many people, but I had like an 80% retention rate. So I've had the same people for four or five years. I mean, my schedule is pretty much booked. Yeah. Could I afford to take on new clients? Sure. I never say no to new clients because I never know when ones that I have been seeing will move or drop off. It's never, in my opinion, it's never a good idea to like, just close your books. Right. um, Unless there is without a doubt, you have absolutely no room for three months ever. Um, But even my clients that I see today, when I update or change a photo on my website, they know. Absolutely. And they'll be like, hey, I looked at your website and I'm still to this day, I'm sure I'm like, you guys still look at that? And they're like, well, yeah, why wouldn't we? And I'm like, I just assumed that you, uh, I don't know. So <laughs> even if you've been in business for five, 10 years and you have a website, it's always a good idea to revamp something, whether it's your bio, change your pictures up, change the placement of stuff, uh, change the whole thing. Um, because yeah, you're right. There are, I mean, I have looked at several therapist pages that are maybe built through Wix, um, or whatever AMTA or ABMP has a deal with, and they're great for landing. They're great to like, get your name out there. But as far as functionality, <laughs> they're, they're great for your first six months in business. You have something up there so you can start putting the pieces in place to do the right thing, but you have to graduate from those budget things and start investing right. into your business. Right. right. Um, <clears throat> you know, I have, I have clients that spend, you know, $20,000 on a website, but guess what? They're bringing money in because of it. And it's right. a, it's a business cost. It's an expense for them, but their return because their reputation is beautiful and sings and it's easy to, it's frictionless for their visitors. Um, you know, it's, it's a no brainer. It's an absolute right. no brainer. Right. And I mean, guys, I've, I've probably said it before and I will say it again. I once held the viewpoint that I didn't need social media page. I did not need a website. I could just build word of mouth and be done with that. And I tell you what, as soon as I hired Chad as my website designer and started having what I deem a legit website um, versus those, uh, you know, first six months kind of starter packages. Uh, yeah. Like it boosted, boosted like over, Oh God, like less than a year, my schedule was booked simply because of what the possibilities are when you have a website. Yeah. We're talking about content creation. So that does go beyond social media. Um, Guys, make sure you are not stealing other people's pictures. Make sure you're not putting pictures that should be uh, the size of a Cheez-It onto your full desktop website and it's getting stretched out and pixelated. Um, Make sure your justifications on your website are proper. Uh, Don't use two colors that are next to each other, right? You don't want to use a tan and a white, right? Right. These are important aspects. They got to have high contrast, lots of white space, um, and 
don't steal other people's stuff. I see right. it all we, the time. We oh. have, I know. And it makes, it makes me mad because it is, it is other people's, it is other people's content. There's a difference between sharing a post or a blog that includes a picture and copying and pasting a picture that you found on Google images. Now we do have a resource link on uh, our page, massagecoreacademy.com slash links, I think is what the website link, what the website page is. Um, we have a link to a royalty free images page. Um, it is packed with certain images, both for Instagram, Facebook, um, all kinds of stuff. Uh, so you can search there, um, super easy to use user-friendly. I don't even think it requires a login, like a username. Um, and to those of you who may either know a professional photographer or will hire a professional photographer to come in and take pictures of you for your website or your business, um, just, uh, just a little thought, you might want to include some professional shots of your setup such as what Chad had talked about, which was, you know, the angle of your table or maybe your hot towel cabbie or hot stones or your essential oil. So at least you have some promotional pictures uh, for your for your website, um, you know, because if you're going to hire them for the hour, you might as well fill up the shot time. Yeah, hundred percent. Absolutely. I saw, you know, a lot of the pictures that you got taken um, in your last session and you had, you know, you're working on uh, foot scrubs and stuff like that. And you had some really cool poses on um, different things. It wasn't just about your headshot, right? There was way right. more to it and it's all content that you can use uh, later on. So yeah, if you want to get to that links, you can go, you can, you know what? You can find us on Instagram, Massage Core. Uh, find us on Instagram and the link is right in the bio. Yep, give us, it give is. Us, give us a follow while you're there. Yeah, why not? Because I mean, we are on, uh, we are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. You can find the podcast on what? Spotify, uh, Pandora sound. Are we still on SoundCloud? Yeah. We're, we're everywhere. We're Apple. We Apple, are Google, everywhere. <laughs> legit. Like I have, I had to create a folder for all the places we are. Um, Google, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Waveform. We're everywhere. We are everywhere. Nice. So. Nice. Do you have anything else to say about content? Oh, hold on. Uh, we're not, I'm not going to get too heavy into this. Um, but, uh, we, uh, have talked about this before. Um, a good way, if you are a planner and you need to plan out topics, um, good place to plan them out is Airtable. Uh, <laughs> I know we probably use that program in every single podcast, uh, but it is a phenomenal program. And I believe they already have a template for content calendar so that you can pre-plan out what you're going to post, the pictures you'll use, the text you're going to use, where you're going to post it, so on and so forth. So yep. Um, check that out. I believe that link is also in our resources uh, for you to use. Um, great, 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 great program because you can access it anywhere. Um, you know, so I mean, I've done it at the, I've done it while I was uh, watching my niece and nephew ride go-karts. Yeah. They're, go they're zipping around. I'm like, all right, let me check my content. Okay, cool. Oh, here, there they go. All right. And yeah, I, I literally just changed all of my clients that I run ads for over to Airtable. I used to use Google Sheets so they could see their leads. I just switched all of them over to Airtable. And it does two things. One, I can see everything in real time on my app. Um, like it, it's, it's all right there, but I can also add something in there that Google sheets doesn't really do. Um, right. I added a value element to it to where now there's drop downs so that they are tracking their lead and putting in there 
they're saying this, I made first contact, I made second contact, I sent them the follow-up email, um, they booked with me, whatever the status is. And that does two things, right? They feel empowered and they're working their leads, but also for me, I'm seeing the quality and I'm able to tweak, right? I can run an ad and get you get in front of thousands of people, but if they're not converting, um, there's a couple of opportunities there, right? I can coach you on how to convert them better, or, um, you know, we can tweak the ad to make sure that it's getting a better quality of person, but it gives us a lot more insight, makes it way more powerful. That's all powered by Airtable. It's one of the coolest things there is. Yes. I love Airtable. All right. Take us out. All right, guys. Keep doing what you're doing. Fold those sheets, get them in the closet, make sure they are nice and crispy, as Chad always says, and have a good week.